Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Friend, we continue today with part three of our topic of the rapture of the church, and this will be my second to last message on this subject, or at least for now. The pre-tribulation rapture is an integral doctrine of the New Testament, and one which has come under attack recently, hence the reason for my broadcast. To recap, we the church will not see the Antichrist, because we are the very restraining force that withholds his appearing. Once we're removed from the earth, however, the Antichrist is able to manifest and embarks upon a peace treaty with Israel to commence the tribulation period. Now let's continue reading now from the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, the church, who now letteth, will let. This word let means restrain in the Greek. Until he, he what, the church, be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. What coming? That would be his second coming, friend, not to be confused with the rapture. Verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. We're talking about the Antichrist here. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Friend, did you notice there is another mystery mentioned within this passage? In prior broadcasts, I told you the church and even the rapture was a mystery concealed within the Old Testament, ready to be revealed within the New Testament. And this mystery is the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity is the driving force that compels men and angels to do wicked acts and is unique within the New Testament. A mystery does not lie in the obscurity of a thing, but in its secrecy. It's not in the thing, but envelopes it. Applied to a truth, the mystery signifies a truth once hidden, but now revealed, and a truth without special revelation would remain unknown. Perhaps a better rendition of the word mystery, like I said, is a secret. It's not something that is meant to be understood, but ready to be revealed in its proper time. And one of these mysteries is the mystery of iniquity. But it cannot come to full fruition until we, the church, have been removed. However, once we're gone, the entire earth's population will be subject to this mass deception or strong delusion because they've believed a lie and chosen not to receive Christ through the gospel. So where did the mystery of iniquity start, friend? I believe it commenced when Lucifer chose to rebel against God by declaring himself to be like the Most High God. If you recall in Ezekiel 28.15, it says that Lucifer was perfect in all of his ways from the day that he was created until iniquity was found in him. I suggest to you that this iniquity force is what drove Lucifer into rebellion and took a third of the angels with him. It was then pervasive within the Garden of Eden and traversed through the plains of Shinar until it was found in Nimrod, who decided to rebel against God by building a tower towards the heavens. 
This rebellion was quenched by God when he confused their languages and scattered the nations who dwelt upon the earth at that time. But friend, this desire to unite mankind under one government and one religion is being reworked in our time under the term globalization, with the United Nations leading the way. But more on that in another broadcast. Friend, perhaps a more precise translation of the mystery of iniquity would be the mystery of lawlessness. Now, although we, the church, won't get to see the Antichrist with our own eyes, as I have explained, but we undoubtedly already see this mystery of iniquity working in the streets of our nation, in the political realm, and even on college campuses today. There seems to be a rise in civil unrest, friend, and lawlessness also, as those with opposing views in society choose to become more and more blatantly physical in their expression of contention. In fact, lawlessness is a marker of these last days. This mystery of lawlessness seems to fall under the banner of social injustice right now, where certain societal groups feel so marginalized they will march on the streets and even attack the police to make their point. But I digress. Let me now return to the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians, verses 1 through 11, and I will read that for you now and interject when necessary. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you the church, have no need that I write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. We know that the day of the Lord is the tribulation period, or the wrath of God. Verse 3. For then they shall say, Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Who is they, friend? It's the unbelievers because they're not ready for what is to come on the earth. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Why? Because we will already be gone in the rapture, friend. Verse 5, you are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Friend, sudden destruction will come upon unbelievers left on earth because they are unprepared for the tribulation to come. They are the children of the night. They are the children of darkness spoken of in this passage. But we, friend, are the children of light. And therefore, that day of the Lord or the tribulation or the wrath of God will not overtake Take us as a thief, because we will be long gone in the rapture at that point. Friend, a thief comes unannounced, a thief comes to steal. To compare Jesus as a thief in this passage is flat out wrong. The day of the Lord will come as a thief to unbelievers because it will catch them unawares. Let me continue now reading in verse 7 of the same chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Comfort with what? With the prior verse. Verse 9, comfort yourselves that you're not appointed to God's wrath and edify one another even also as you do. Friend, once more, Paul says, we are to comfort ourselves. With what? Comfort ourselves with verse 9, like I said, that we the church are not appointed to God's wrath but will be taken in the rapture. If you read Titus 2.13, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. 
Friend, as I've mentioned before, the blessed hope is the rapture and is separate and distinct from the glorious appearing of Jesus at his second coming, which occurs at the end of the tribulation period. So we can see in light of the entire book of 1 Thessalonians, where the rapture is mentioned in every chapter, the context is to encourage believers that the coming of Christ is to gather the church in the air at the rapture and in essence to rescue us from God's wrath. Now, friend, let me switch gears here. In my last broadcast, I talked at length about how in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, it talks about a falling away. Do you remember that? I said that the Greek word, or noun in particular, is apostasia, and how for 1,200 years it was correctly translated as departure, but was later switched back to rebellion or falling away in the modern versions. Prophecy scholar and teacher Hart Armstrong, in his book, When is the Rapture?, pointed out that there are many others who hold to this position of falling away, meaning departure, and he also provides a very good translation of this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-3. through 3. I believe this offers the best rendition in light of our findings, and I will read it for you now. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him in the rapture of the church, that you be not shaken or troubled that the day of the Lord has come. For that day shall not come, except first there be the going away of the church, the aforesaid gathering together of the Christians to the Lord in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, and that man of sin, the Antichrist, be revealed. Friend, what does the imminent rapture of the church mean to us Christians on a practical level? Well, one thing is for sure. It causes us to keep a watchful eye on events in the world. But not only that, it motivates us to live a godly life, obedient to Christ, in light of his soon return. Remember, we are looking for Jesus, friend. We are never told in Scripture to be looking for the Antichrist. The truth is, once the church is taken from the earth, the tribulation period can commence, and during that time, we the church will view these events from our heavenly position, while the wrath of God is poured out. In fact, the book of Jude speaks of us returning with Jesus to destroy his enemies, and finally set up his kingdom to rule and reign for 1,000 years. I'm reading from Jude 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Friend, Enoch was a mysterious character in the Bible. In fact, very little is spoken of him. However, there are other texts that describe his life, and I will cover these in a separate broadcast. So please stay tuned for that. But let us not forget, Jesus said he will return again in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, and he will return with a shout at the rapture. Friend, a shout is a call, it's a summons, or even a command. The question is, friend, will you be ready for his appearing? Are you ready now? There were shouts when the walls of Jericho fell. In ancient times, there was a shout in the vineyard at harvest time, when it was ready to be gathered and stored. There was a shout when the Ark of the Covenant was returned to its people. And finally, there was a shout of the bridegroom at the wedding. And there will be another shout of the bridegroom when he returns for his bride in the rapture of the church. 
And don't forget the trump of God, friend. At the last trump, we will all be changed and caught up with Jesus in the air. Remember, the first trump was the sound from heaven and often associated with the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the church began. The last trump is associated with the Feast of Trumpets and will sound at the rapture in 1 Corinthians 15.52. And finally, there will be a mighty trump heard at the second coming of Christ to gather his elect in Isaiah 27.13 and Matthew 24.31. Once again, let me remind you, friend, the church is not mentioned in the book of Revelation after chapter 3 until Christ's final words. In Revelation 4.1, the apostle John was told to come up hither by Christ Jesus and was shown things which must take place after he was caught up. This catching away or catching up is another example of the church being caught up because John, of course, was part of the church himself at that time. And this is a typology of what would occur for the rest of us in these last days. Friend, in the next broadcast, I will give specific reasons why I believe we will be taken before the tribulation commences. These are prophetic patterns that are consistent in Scripture time and time again. These patterns set the precedent for our blessed hope of escape from that which is to come upon the earth and reveal God's plan to rescue His beloved bride from the wrath He will pour out in the tribulation period. If you have any questions concerning these end times, you can email me and I will do my very best to answer your questions. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button 